Hello, you're listening to the Sunnyside Podcast Show. I'm Ron. I'm PJ. I'm Scott. Cue the music. Keep on Sunnyside, always on Sunnyside. Keep on Sunnyside alive. It will help us every day. It'll guide us on the way. Keep on Sunnyside alive. So PJ's brought a guest with him today. Show and tell. Show and tell. <laughs> Me. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so, welcome to the show, Erin. Hi, Erin. Hello. Are we going to reveal any more about Erin, other than her, like her surname well, as well? What do you do, Erin? I am a game editor at Hub Games. Okay, and Hub Games make what kind of games, Erin? Huh, they make board games. Board games, there we go. Okay. That's in case anyone's confused about the kind of games an editor. That's So what does an editor do? Uh, let's see here. I filter through game submissions that people put in. They're like, make my game. And I'll go, yes or no. Okay. And move along as well as help with uh, keeping games on track and development. Okay. okay. So how did you get into the, the whole sort of field of making tabletop games and, and board games in general? <laughs> that's that's an interesting story. So um, That's what you're here for. See <laughs> 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 you. I'm sure you're going to say that really isn't a very exciting story at all. I got a job. The end. No. Um. Yeah, so what ended up happening was, like anything, I was trying to just find any kind of job. And my older brother had initially worked for uh, a company called Ship Naked. They used to do Kickstarter fulfillment. And he said, oh, if you're looking for a job, you should apply here. So I applied there, and that is... Is this post-college or post... Oh, this is way post-college, Oh, post-post-college. Post-post. Okay, okay. Um, So I applied there, and the thing that I didn't realize is my older brother, when he had applied, he had applied and put down, like a D resume <laughs> so they were like oh you're the guy you're the barbarian guy's sister liam and i'm just like no what, what did you put in and he put a yeah, liam whole, the barbarian yeah liam the barbarian wow. so <laughs> so that's i went there and i hung out with them at a convention and then i started doing customer service and then i went from customer service to doing account managing for kickstarter fulfillment so i got to do probably over a hundred different Kickstarter fulfillments mm. for just board games okay. only. And then I jumped from that branch of the shipping branch over to the game development branch and I did production coordination. And then at that point I got picked up by hub games. Okay. Okay. So were you always um, like a tabletop gamer yourself or is that something you kind of find your way into? Should we define just... tabletop gaming? Well, because I, I, I think it kind of defines itself. <laughs> it should be oh, on a I, table. I... <laughs> Well, I, I feel like it maybe needs more of it. I mean, surely more to it than it, okay, well, a way, game you way play back, on the tabletop. Way back in the midst of time, we all grew up in board games. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I Boring think there, board there, games. There's a, certain, there's a certain kind of, a, um, what would you say, assumption that board games are for children. Mm, yeah. um, oh, no, well, in general there is. I mean, like, you know, yeah, okay. The, the board games it, that the, we... I always thought they were for caravans. <laughs> <laughs> the board games that we all started with were ones that were aimed, they, were, they had simplistic rules and they were generally involved rolling a dice and moving around yeah, the board. Yeah. Um, but in, I'd say maybe in the last 20 years there's been a resurgence of games that have a lot more in the way of strategy and rules and things that are more attractive to adults. And okay. that's what we're talking about. So mm-hmm. you know, famous examples would be like Settlers of Catan. Yep. Erin's um, explained this very well. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm setting the scene so that Aaron can come in here and scene. blind us all with information. Okay, 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 okay. From, okay. from the inside. Okay, from the inside. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah. what, uh, what was your end to that? So I would say I've been 
just, you know, like as anybody else, you start playing board games when you're a child. For us, it was our grandfather, and he was like, this is Stratego. And then my grandma was very much into Monopoly. And those are kind of those original games that you get into mm-hmm. that are kind of roll and move and a little bit of strategy. But as we grew up and kept going, then there'd be games like Hero Quest and uh, just it just kept escalating. Catan. And <laughs> as I got older... I realized, like, oh, yeah, I'm a board gamer. I play all the board games. And then with Kickstarter, you're just like, oh, I do not play all the board games. <laughs> there are, like, thousands of games getting released every single year these wow. days. And you just – there's no way. Like, I think we did out the math once, and we were like, you can't actually play every single game with that gets released in a year within a year, just in the sheer mm. amount of titles that are coming out. Wow. Yeah, it has become a really crowded field. It has its own conventions. It has its own sort of uh, marketplace. Like, Essen is the, is the big one. Yeah, Essen here in Europe is uh, the largest one, Essen Spiel. We're only in Europe for a short time, uh, Aaron. Yeah, because yeah, later, like, what, <laughs> three days from old. now, I'm flying back to the U.S. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> for PAX Unplugged, and that only started two years ago. Okay. And and so um, the games that you were doing, the Kickstarter games, are I mean, are they considered a success when they sell out? Are they considered a success if they have longevity? Are they? I mean, I mean, I presume you never saw the longevity on those games. You just saw the the shipping. Well, you do though, because mm-hmm. when you, especially when you're managing that person's account, you want them to come back because mm-hmm. you want to be like, I fulfilled your previous Kickstarter, and I'm going to fulfill your next Kickstarter because they're a repeat customer. Is it is this uh, customers that are buying or selling? These are customers that we're selling. So essentially what would happen is if you had a game idea, you're like, Mm -hmm. all right, I'm going to take my game to Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. I'm going to launch it. Hopefully it will get funded and I'll be able to make my game and ship it. And especially in the very beginning with Kickstarter, people didn't plan well. Mm. (laughs) So you're kind of just hoping that you would have enough funds to get through and finally like have your game out. Mm -hmm. And if you were lucky, maybe you had 300 people backing a game. Nowadays, you can see up to like 15,000 people backing a Mm -hmm. Kickstarter for those campaigns. And essentially, like the criteria for having a successful game is uh, funding Kickstarter, having it sell for longer than three months. Usually after three months, you can kind of tell if you have a hit or a flop at that point. Okay. And then that's the, that's the same length of time I think relationships take. By the way, about that's, yeah. yeah, for three months <laughs> is about as long as you know whether someone's you're with them or you're not. That's after yeah. three months. Is, is this done. game been good to me? Is yeah. this game an abusive relationship? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But I suppose Kickstarter is almost like the last stage for game development because all the development has usually been done <clears throat> prior to that. Ooh, you've I, made an assumption. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> you're going to tell me I'm wrong. Well, I, in the best case scenario, you would be right. Okay. <laughs> That all the development would happen beforehand. That's not necessarily true for every game. A lot of people, when they go to Kickstarter, they'll launch their game. And then, of course, the backers are saying, oh, you should do this and this and that. And sometimes they'll start tweaking their model or they're just finishing up development as they're going through. And they'll be making changes in that time frame. And then once the Kickstarter ends, you have to go immediately over to the factory, hopefully with all your final files. That will take another three months. And then it has to ship, which is another like month, two months just to get to a depot to then be shipped to everybody else. So it can take over a year to make a board game. Is that from inception of the idea to delivery or is that? That's from Kickstarter to delivery. Okay, so you could have. You could be developing a game for years and then put it on Kickstarter and it would still take over a year. Did did Kickstarter, I mean, if Kickstarter hadn't existed, didn't exist, do you think the board game market would still be considered monopoly and maybe risk and half a dozen other things? Or do you think it's it's it would have grown anyway? I think it would have grown anyway, just because of the way that things are with just the internet. Because mm. <laughs> um, the 
if you played like Monopoly and those kind of those entry level games, you're like, mm. yeah, I love games. And if you go online, all of a sudden you find forums and forums of people just talking about war games that they've been playing mm. or other indie board games. It's just that with Kickstarter, they've become more mainstream. Yeah, yes. there's a way to sell them. I suppose yes, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a direct market that, the, that mm. you know would would otherwise find a way to exist, but Kickstarter is the way it exists currently. You know, it would find a way other way otherwise. Mm-hmm. I suppose out of the three of us, the one who plays the most of these sort of games would be Scott. Yeah. Oh, probably. Scott's here. I forgot. Yeah. I'm the quiet. I'm the quiet one. Um, yeah. 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 For now. Yeah, we have regular-ish board game nights in work, um, and we have a couple of guys who ha- spend an awful lot of money mm-hmm. on board games. They are expensive. Yeah. Um, like Gloomhaven and. <sighs> Uh, and uh, terraforming Mars and like those and normally they're expensive because you just can't get them anymore like or, or you can't get them easily they've sold out to first print and they're going you know you, like you said it takes a year from delivery to uh, or from Kickstarter to delivery like if you if you suddenly sell out of everything out of out of nowhere if you suddenly have a hit does it take that long again to like get everything? back going again because i know that they're that, well they would talk about like oh i can't get this i but you know i had to pay three times the price on ebay because no board game store has it in stock anymore so that would depend on um yeah that kind of depends on the game the so say you ran a kickstarter it was a hit you sold out of everything and you're going into a reprint that's probably going to take you another three to four months just to get it back so it can start getting on the market again. Because you have to think about it this way. If you're going to run a Kickstarter, you need it to at least fund so you don't lose your house, which some people in the board game industry have lost their house just trying to run a Kickstarter. So it's kind of a dangerous thing to go into. Um, But, yeah, so you can go to the factory. You can have those files. You can be like, all right, print me another print run. But then you're running the risk over the three months of you not having product of that buzz dying. Yeah, down. exactly. Once people start looking for it and they turn to the secondary markets, mm-hmm. you know, some of, some people are going to get it and, and that'll be the end of it. You know, oh, I got it on eBay. I had to pay more, but I got it. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden. Is, is there not just, as well, um, like with the Kickstarter, you know the size of your market. But once that's first that first tranche of people have bought via Kickstarter, you have no idea then whether you're going to sell a hundred or a hundred thousand unless you do another Kickstarter maybe, or I don't know. It, it kind of depends because it's the size of the Kickstarter. So if you, if I ran my Kickstarter, it was like Aaron's awesome Emporium game. Let's go. I wish and you I could got, have seen that arm swing. Yeah, I had listener. a great arm swing. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> anyway, but uh, <laughs> if I went and I ran that Kickstarter and 300 people bought it, no one else is going to buy it. Yeah. Okay. I found all 300 people who also want that game. Yeah. But, but but you don't know whether that's 300 people bought it because that's the amount of limit that you had and there was another 300 waiting but don't know about but it. Also, no, not it, with Kickstarter because that's how many people pledged to buy it. Okay, but also people okay. are buying, you know, game, gamings are a bit like uh, some other media like you know, video games and all that. People are buying it sight unseen. They're, they, mm. they don't get to experience it before they've paid for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they've got to hand over the money and then decide if they like so it. So you got, you got to run a good campaign. Like you've got, you know, like you have to be able to get the name your your product out there, you, but also if there's like three hundred people buying it, then either your your kind of publicity push wasn't that great, or there's just not like the the three hundred people who are buying it aren't really that jazzed about telling other people about it. They're just like, you know, it looks it looks what's fun. What's considered what's considered a good number of people to buy on a Kickstarter? What's considered yeah, what's, what's, a success? What's a hit, what's a hit game? 
What's a hit game? Um, if I honestly, if I could get five thousand or more, that would be a hit game. Okay. Yeah. And is that a really, really hard to achieve kind of target, or is that kind of? I mean, what what, what do you think the median is? What, what's the? I think the median is usually at around like two thousand, three thousand. Okay. okay. Well, then... occasionally you'll get like fifteen thousand <clears throat> people backing a game, and at that point you're going like, yes. Well, let's get into the nitty gritty then. What what sells a game? Is it mechanic? Is it theme? I mean, what 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 is the what is the is it mysterious X factor? <laughs> dun dun dun. What what does it take to push a game and and have it be picked up? It's funny because I used to give a talk about um, essentially things that kill a Kickstarter, and the final scenario is just not getting your game out there. Um, the main thing is getting attention to your game first and foremost. I'd say because if you don't have an interesting theme, if you don't have good art, if your game looks ugly. <laughs> it's not going to sell. It doesn't matter if it has the best mechanics in there. Mm. The second thing is then once that game hits the market and people are playing it, if it doesn't have solid mechanics, it's not going to, it's not going to last. Okay. So it's a, it, it is a solid combination of the two then. Yeah, I would say so. Sometimes a theme theme does a lot for a game, but if your mechanics cannot survive past the first two or three play tests, yeah, yeah you're in trouble. You're dead in the water. Okay. And you know, <laughs> For a game being development, what usually comes first? Is it a game mechanic that someone kind of sits a pun knows? title, something yeah. like that? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's how it works. <laughs> I do, yeah, I think you'd be surprised the number of things that are somebody sits down and goes, "Oh, that's a brilliant title. What can I do with it?" You know, that happens probably more often yeah, than one say, would care so to admit. <laughs> okay, so I've got, I've got a brand new game. It basically involves all of the landmarks of Paris fighting each other. It's called Eiffel Power. Oh, awesome! And, uh, <laughs> I'm in. From, from I'm the, in already. <laughs> But so and pun title. How far can I run with that? <laughs> uh, not that far. Okay, so 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 more than the pun title. We're well, going to assume. Just saying because that's a good something basis like for something. Yeah, I, I have a brother who's just like you need to make a game about orangutans. Like this yeah. is a very odd choice, but keep going, please. And he just keeps selling me pitches after pitch. But it's like, do you have a prototype? Because if you don't got a prototype, get out. <laughs> I mean, for an awful lot of video games, the way a new video game is developed is that they kind of look at what works in the market and they kind of tweak it to another theme and they just kind of optimize the mechanics slightly. Is that the same for board game development? Would people kind of look at some game and say, you know what, this could be improved if X, Y, and Z rules were slightly different? If or do, this you, was do of- you see trends? Like, is there a mechanic or a play style that it will become quite popular for a while and then other people will try to mimic it and come in that way. Yeah. Yeah. That one more so is actually what we see like roll and rights right now are incredibly popular. Right. And you you're just, explain, on, you can't just walk past the phrase. Yeah. We, like roll it. Assume, we, assume we know nothing about games. Uh, like uh, this assume correctly. We know nothing. <laughs> yeah. You've got to be, your own, you've got to be your own. And, glossary and our, listeners, and just, yeah, our listeners also assume they know nothing about this. Some of our listeners are very knowledgeable about games. Other of them are thick as shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> So you've got to give them as much spoon feeding as you possibly can here. So it's a roll it's, and write. Roll, it's, it's actually exactly what it sounds like. It's You roll and you see your score and usually that will translate maybe into stats that you get or just anything else. It kind of depends on what the game is. And so you write that down on your card and then hopefully in the end you have the most victory points. And they've just become incredibly popular right now and people are still making more so and that, more. So is that, that kind of like the like the step stage one of a and d campaign? Like when you're rolling... Character but generation, your character generation stats, but they've they've taken that and they've actually turned it. Yeah, you've actually kind of turned a it into, full, a into a game. Yahtzee with extras. Well, <laughs> but you would be surprised how many times I can play a game and just be like, mm, "Yes, this is Yahtzee and worker placement, where you place okay. your worker or your dice in this case in an yeah. area." 
but that if that combination comes together yeah. and it with works a good well theme with a good, good theme that makes good logical sense why yeah. you're putting things then mm-hmm. yeah that's that works okay so so okay let's let's run through is there other terms that we would not be familiar with well give, give us another right. game mechanic that has yeah. a has a snappy uh, in, insider uh, insider what does, what's buckaroo got <laughs> <laughs> What's the mechanic on Buckaroo? Gra- gravity? An ass. Gra- <laughs> All right. That felt loaded. Did that feel loaded to anyone else? Felt loaded to me. Because I know you guys do a game called, what's it called? It's, it's a Mega City. Is it Mega City? Is it Mega City? The one with this. We do do Mega City, yes. Like, and it's got a kind of gravity mechanic, isn't it, where you're building cities? A, a and dexterity you're... game. Okay. So that's, yeah. So I mean, I'm, I, I mean, I'm saying, like. <laughs> It's okay. Don't, I'm only judging slightly. It's don't fine. Don't worry about making PJ a gravity stupid. mechanic. Surely <laughs> what all he's... games have a gravity no. mechanic. I honestly was In going the... through my mind, going like, gravity mechanic. What is that? Oh my <laughs> god! Is this I new PJ? Everything's affected by gravity. <laughs> no, but yes, yeah, but things are affected by gravity. Like if you're playing cards, yes, gravity has an effect, but it's not like part of the gameplay. Buckaroo has an effect with gravity, where things do fall down, and that's and and you know if you're playing, all comes back punk, to Buckaroo. <laughs> You're playing Kerplunk. Look, I'm sorry if my references are sick. Buckaroo and Kerplunk. <laughs> These are the tabletop games of my youth. Leave me alone. But you know what? If they're still selling today, then they, they count. Yeah, they count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm granted the plot work of Kerplunk is maybe not what it could be. But I, I badly cut my finger on the box of Kerplunk when I was about six and I haven't played it since. <laughs> Those cardboard boxes used to really sharp edges. But, Hold but on to that vendetta. But there, but there are games that are physical play games, aren't there? There are games that their their rule yeah. sets are essentially so, physical. Kind yeah. Of. So that is essentially that term I would call as a dexterity game, dexterity and that game. is because it involves your dexterity as you're playing okay. it. Jenga would be a good example okay. of a dexterity game, and okay. so would Mega City, uh-huh. so and Buckaroo, and Buckaroo. Yeah. <laughs> give, give them the Buckaroo. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. You okay. got it. Okay. Okay. So dexterity games, uh, rule and write. What else? What else what um, are, are common sort of mechanics that you think you'd use? What about card? Is there like card, like snap? <laughs> but but the, what I'm What's, saying is no, please of snap. keep going. I like the name. Keep renaming all the mechanics. Go. Yeah, I, I love think, it. I think card game pretty much covers it. Doesn't yeah. It? Well, TC, TCG is the, is the, the terminology. Trading card be, game? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Is yeah. That, so, but that's You're becoming my favorite. Snap, yeah. <laughs> snap isn't a trading card game. Snap's not a trading card game. No. 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 But like, but, but as someone who played here, Magic like, the Gathering for a very, very long time. Oh, that's man. just I one game. I spent so much money on that. I know. I know. <laughs> and my one friends game. are getting back into it and they're like, you want to try? I'm like, no, no, no I it's can't. Like, it's just, it is, right, it's uh, just uh, fancy snap. That's all is, that is. Magic, my, I've talked about this on the show before. Magic the Gathering is probably the best game I've ever played. It's pretentious mm-hmm. top trumps. <laughs> <laughs> it based on snap with aspirations. mechanics, that's all it is. playability, longevity, all of that kind of stuff. But it's so fucking expensive. Yeah, so I actually don't think it's the best. Okay, but so I, it's the best I've ever played. If we're gonna have the best to I've fight, ever played. I'm ready, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no. But there is a lot going for it. The fact yeah. that it, um, we were talking about it recently, where it's just its core mechanic. It constantly is updating, but it sells you that pack, that main base game, so yeah. you can just good to go with the next set. Yeah, but that's why it's so expensive. Yeah, it's like, I so have, expensive. I have a whole entire box full of cards that are useless now. <laughs> Oh uh, no! I I sold my entire collection. I sold everything. I needed to get it. I needed. My wife needed it out of the house. I needed <laughs> it out of the house. That monkey needed to get off my back. It was man. like 
It was. We're going to have another baby, Scott. Yeah, but the, no, but the <laughs> I had reason. to splice it with Pokemon cards just to get off the like, addiction. Don't even judge, guys. I got the Pokemon cards too. <laughs> <laughs> but I had the, the reason I sold it is because I I collected so much and I spent so much money that, and then I saw how much cards that I had that I wasn't playing with mm-hmm. were worth. I was like, they're just sitting in my cupboard. Mm. Like they're just they're they're just sitting there doing nothing. And to be honest, Belfast not the really the best place to try and play magic on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah. DUP don't like so, it. So no. <laughs> don't like nothing. So right, okay, now you're you're gonna laugh at me and I that's fine. I'm just trying to think it in my head. It's, just, it's always Adam, it's never with him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the game mechanics that I understand that are different from other games based on the games that I've played in the past and, and wondering, are they a specific mechanic that have been used? So the other game mm. mechanic that I can think of that's different from... Moving a top hat around cards, a board. Well, more I was thinking of Risk specifically, but yeah, I mean, is Risk a kind of different kind of board game from the, a different kind of tabletop game from a physical dexterity game and a trading card game and a roll and write? Is it? Yeah. 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 What was um, the name for it? Is there a proper name for it? Can't be just risk. I would just say strategy game. Yeah. Strategy. Essentially. <sighs> Maybe you could kind of argue it's worker placement because you're placing your soldiers. Oh, hang on. So, right. Now, now you've used the term worker placement a <laughs> no, couple of times. I'm so used to talking to other people that know all the terms. <laughs> <laughs> so, worker placement is an actual term within worker the game. Worker placement is an actual term. And that is you are placing a worker usually on the board to gain a resource. Okay. Because when you said it before, I thought it just meant a specific game you were talking about where you oh, were placing no. little workers. Oh, no. no. Okay. So, any. Like so resource. What, so, like zombies. <laughs> Zombicide, is it worker placement? I actually have not played that one. Oh, right, okay. Catan. <laughs> Catan, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's it's the big daddy in the room, I suppose, in terms of, like, you know, revitalizing the, the whole sort of uh, tabletop game. What are you looking at that <laughs> for? <laughs> I, I have it and still haven't played it. I think I think it does take you to kind of find a bunch of like-minded people who really want to play it. I've never played it. And oh. I, I really would like to play it, but it does seem to be one of these things where... You kind, of, you kind of have to get people together and say, okay, we're going to play this game. It's kind of complicated. It might take us a while to learn the rules. There's a helpful iPad app. Are you, are you in? There's a helpful iPad app. So are there, games, are there games that are, do you find games that you can play um, and learn the rules as you go more successful or, or does it not matter? I mean, the people buying these things are prepared to sit and learn complex rules or what do you think? That, that depends on what we call the weight of the game, which okay. is how complicated it can be. So there, if... If I was going to host a game night with you guys, I would mm-hmm. be bringing some very lightweight games in. We'll get to that. We'll get to your picks later. Yeah, take it to ride. You, man. Uh, start, yeah. start them off on something, yeah. <laughs> something, something light. simple. Oh, we have ticket yeah. to ride. Yeah. So, yeah. so do I. <laughs> yeah. I haven't played it. Gloomhaven, <laughs> Gloomhaven can wait. Gloomhaven can wait. That's more if I was just like, how do I torture a room full of people <laughs> who've never played a board game or what before? Or what was the other one we tried to play? Um, uh, dis- no. Um, diplomacy? Oh God! <laughs> Diplomacy. I think the only thing that it says on the back of the box is the f- the slowest way to lose all of your, your friends. friends. Diplomacy. Okay. Don't make any plans. Yeah. I think that I think the two guys that I played with the last time they played it before playing it with me, they played it for nine hours. Fuck. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, it it was a it, basically you have to try and get everybody to agree. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I I oh, whoa. 
it was like a friend's party. I think it might have been a Friendsgiving, and they had brought up diplomacy. And I honestly, I left the room. I was like, no, because these guys all play devil's advocate with each other. I'm like, I get that you guys love this game, but I'm, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not, not doing it. I'm and it was fun. hours later and screaming. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I, I'm, I'm torn. I feel like I might enjoy a game like that, but also also not for nine hours. Yeah. Yeah. Not this room. I don't think, I don't <laughs> no, think you and no. Scott could sit and agree on anything. Yeah. That, would, no. that would be in my true. list of, of games like, mm, yes, I can torture them with this. Excellent. So, so I, I just like, diplomacy. What do I mean? Uh, it? It's basically like a model UN sort of scenario. <laughs> and let's Aaron explain it to me. How no, no, work? that's accurate. Okay. Yeah, like it is. Like <laughs> do you, you draw cards? Do you do you place uh, workers? Do you no, 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 no. Like it's nope. it's a lot of talking. Yeah, it's all just like a. Chat. Essentially, a party chatting game. I can't remember. Yeah. If, is that another game? Type I feel like every Sunday yeah, night we fail at this game in this room. <laughs> But the one hour limit's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing keeps um, it from never ending. Is there anything really good that you've played, like, this year? This uh, year? Yeah, like something that's come out this year that was... Well, there's Mega City that came out this year. Yeah, okay, really let's talk it. about... Is that, is that on your list, though? Is that... It is. It's actually number two on I my list. Know. What? <laughs> I'm just, I just... I was trying to avoid the list. Oh, well, why did you list? bring it up then? Because <laughs> I didn't want to talk Fuck about me! Ah, oh, now everything's ruined. What are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, I'll wrestle this back into shape again. Well, just... Aaron, if we were going to recommend five games to people who listen <laughs> to the show, <laughs> what, what would you start off with? Uh, I, so Aaron asked me... Oh, sorry, Aaron. Sorry, <laughs> my, my mistake. Aaron said, I'm struggling to think of five games, and I said, well, here's an idea of how you could narrow it down, and I suggested types of games. Well, oh, um, I ignored that. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> I looked at the list and was like, We ignore most of PJ's (laughs) stipulations when it comes to lists. (laughs) No, I just sat down and was like, what are the games that I own and would actually use? These games. You have really got the tenor of this show very quickly. Wow. Yeah. You're okay. gonna you're gonna fit right in. Excellent. Well, let's let, let's let Aaron have the spotlight here. So, yeah. so you're recommending games to people who haven't played games before. Mm-hmm. What, in what five. Have, what do That's you start true. off with? I mean, I don't think Aaron I don't knows those. I. Because, I don't know. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm scared. It was a it was a reference it was to an, 1960. It was an old people's TV show. <laughs> Okay, that's good count, to know. It was a countdown. And then, oh. I, I go, and then you were going to go four. Four, right? three, and then it proceed in each of the things. It, I just it, assumed it, it was It was a horrible. game based around darts. It, <laughs> look, I don't know why he was doing it, but it wasn't adding a lot. <laughs> so we'll just blow right past it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right, so okay. this from five. Is, is there any particular order of these? Or well, these I was just, just going to go from one and down. Oh, okay. <laughs> Exactly. Just ignore him. order. Confuse himself. I like a reveal. What's wrong with liking a reveal? Yeah, okay, but go on. Do you want me to hide my favorite game until the end? Or? Yes. Yeah, all right. That's the build-up is the build-up towards the most bestest one. Oh, I feel like I should have programmed on the top of the pops music here or something. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Take it away, Earl. All right. Well, if I'm just going through the list, no, no, no. We'll talk. We'll talk about each one. You tell us which one, and then we'll talk about it. Why? Why it's a good one? Okay. Well, there is um, just because I was again going through like games that I actually own. Mm-hmm. That was my criteria. That is I this games you own here? Because you're obviously from your accent, not local. <gasps> what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, and are these? Have you got a big supply of games with you? A big supply of games at home? So yeah, because I had to fly from the states here. Mm-hmm. I have a. Uh, big supply of games at home and there were only so there were only like two games that would fit in my Ooh. suitcase and are these on the list 
they actually both are on the oh, list. Okay, 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 okay. No, all three of them are on the oh, list. Okay. I just realized. Um, yeah, so um, one of them is, uh, and I'm going to butcher it, and I apologize That's for fine. the name because I've been saying it wrong this whole time. I've been going like, oh, it's called Condottiere, but it's actually Italian, so it's Condottiere or something. Okay. Ron? I'm so sorry. I mean, Ron's normally the one with the uh, correct I'm not, I'm pronunciations. Not <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, the reason why I like this game is because it's just a really simple bidding mechanic. Essentially, you're saying I'm willing. It's a new term. I, it's going to keep happening. Yeah, I don't okay, know what part okay. of the memory. She was about to talk. explain it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. And also, if you can't work it out, <laughs> I'm worried. <laughs> right, Rolling right. What does that mean? <laughs> explain it to me. <laughs> Just trying to clarify things. That's what I'm trying to... It's a bidding mechanic. <laughs> it's a bidding mechanic. Bidding mechanic. Okay. Yeah. So the idea or the premise behind this is that it is like the late 1500s, I think 16th century, mm-hmm. and you are fighting over Italy. It's different Italian city states. And in your hand, you have cards of certain values. So they go from like one up to 10. And you are bidding to control certain areas. So everybody goes together and they say, well, I'm willing to essentially kill like two soldiers or I'm willing to go all the way up to five. Okay. And whoever wins it will get that area. It sounds risk-like. Is it a, a bit little risk- bit. Okay. Yeah, a touch. Okay. But the thing about it is usually in a bidding game, you would take the person who wins it. They lose all their cards. They go off mm-hmm. to the side and everybody takes theirs back. But you don't because those soldiers have been lost. Okay. <laughs> so they're all gone. So there's a part of you that's you don't want to go all in right off the ah, bat right, right. but at the same time like if you if you don't if you wait too long all the everything's going to be gone yeah everything's going to be gone so if it's uh for um a certain number of players like no longer have cards in their hand everybody loses their cards and they have to redraw up again okay for what cards you have and some will have special abilities but essentially you're just trying to connect the ter- three territories together in a line mm-hmm. which sounds simple but when everybody's <laughs> screwing you over <laughs> constantly mm-hmm. it becomes very hard and, and how many people would that how many people would you play a game like that with? Uh, that's like a two to five game. Okay. Okay. Two would two be quite limited? Would it be straight away head to head? It's straight away head to head. And at that point, you're just kind of messing with each other. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And what's the artwork like on it? Nice. Very pretty. Uh, so they recently did an update, okay. which I personally liked the older artwork because they had taken the traditional medieval wood mm-hmm. like prints and of all these like uh, Lanschnitt right. knights. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I missed that, but the art that's on the newest version is very good. Okay, it's got and this that, nice medieval do flair. You know who it's by? Is no, it big, not off the top of my head. Is it a big company though? Is yes. Cause, yeah. Okay. Because if, if they've essentially reskinned it, have they changed the rules or anything? Are there any mechanics of it? It's just seen? no, no. It's just an update with the art. Okay. I've definitely seen the name written down, but I, I can't pronounce it. Know how to pronounce Oh yeah, no. Again, my I, my coworker Michael was like, "That's not how you say that word." And I was like, "Oh, well, I've been in this Oops. little vacuum, and we've been saying it that way this whole time." It, it strikes me as one of the things you want to be able to get right about a game is how to pronounce its name if you're going to buy it. Or, you would hope so, yeah. yeah. Um, but then if everyone's getting it wrong, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Doesn't matter. I'm typing it into Amazon. Well, that's true. Which I'm about yeah. to do. Okay, then. excellent. Um, so next on Aaron's list of recommendations, Aaron's list. Dun dun dun. What is it? Four. <laughs> In four, fully <laughs> special prize. It's a, it's a, it's really. You're gonna have to explain it every time. I don't know. I don't know that explaining bullseye is really gonna help. Oh my god! Sometimes they want a speed boat. Sometimes they want a fitted kitchen, and they had to figure out how to split it between two people. <laughs> so bullseye was a game. It was a, it was a throwing darts mechanic. Okay. Okay. With it was quiz a, questions. It was dark like. <laughs> This sounds like something I play in a bar. Please continue. 
And what would happen is they would reveal the prizes behind the dark scores and they go, in four! And it'd be like, and, and the bullseye was always a speedboat or in a particularly in a place that was landlocked. So no one could use them. So no one would ever take the present, the gifts home if they won them. It was like, it was always a, a couple of guys who lived in Leeds <laughs> who were winning a speedboat. Yeah. Or two people, because you had to pick one professional or one semi-pro darts Dark player play. from the pub. Yeah. And then you. So <laughs> there, were two things, there could be two people who didn't and, really know each other yeah, all that well. Yeah. And the next thing they've won a fitted kitchen. A super smashing credit. You can take it home, but you know, bear your lads. <laughs> Anyway, now we've cleared that up for you. Keep What's out of the black f- and in the red. There's nothing in this game for two, <laughs> two in a bed. bed. Yeah, yeah. Right, there we go. Milena, can we move on? That literally, literally the well of Bullseye has been mined. <laughs> do, they have, do they have working class game shows in, in America? <laughs> I'm sure they do. I just don't want yeah, to. Yeah, Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> in four. So uh, this one is actually a solo game, which okay. I did pick from your list. So I didn't okay. completely ignore it. I okay, just saw okay, that okay, one okay. part I liked and was like, ooh. Oh, well, thanks. Why is he singling like PJ for the solo game? <laughs> I, I, I don't wish him there's one part of PJ. I can just take and leave all the rest as well. <laughs> uh, so yeah, in uh, Deep Space D6, you have your spaceship and you are just trying to survive. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. And, and it's a solo game. It's so. a solo game. It's so oh, it yeah, has... I'm down for this. Yeah. yeah. So you... you don't need to explain any more of this. It sounds awesome. You're sold. to be cheating. <laughs> it's a game you can play by yourself in space. The end. Yeah. Oh, that good. So what are you doing? What are you doing? So in that game, you are you have a deck of cards. Every time you flip a card, something horrible is usually happening as mm-hmm. you're just trying to survive, whether you're being attacked by raiders or anything else. And you roll your dice and you can place them, like a worker placement, mm-hmm. on the board to try and mitigate damage or fire your guns. But mm-hmm. hopefully you rolled a useful dice hand, like okay. a, a hand of dice. Okay. Which are small cubes out of yes, numbers. I know what dice are. <laughs> I, dice I think are. it was worth going for the explanation. So. Yeah. <laughs> Usually from one through six, which is the same here. Okay. <laughs> Except they now have special symbols. Okay, okay. Oh, what are the symbols? So they're little explosive yeah, things? Yeah, like, things? like I get to shoot yeah. something. or this I've, is like I've played the Star Wars game, the, you know, the Star Wars board game. I, got, I bought that because it looked awesome and I couldn't find anyone to play with. So. Uh, which oh, Star have, Wars board oh, game? Oh, the one with the X-Wing fighters. Oh, with the ones where you could like fly oh, and you yeah, do flips so and stuff. A couple, yeah. of, a couple of my friends play it very very competitively uh-huh. and they have full first of all one of them has a room in his house his attic is converted uh-huh. just to get the games room oh, so and awesome. they have full armadas oh. of ships like dozens of ships and like when you get to the colonial fucking prisoner ship like it's like this big and it's like <laughs> useless in a podcast yeah, yeah, but okay yeah it's like a foot long and yeah. it's like sitting on the table and then you've got a bunch of like x-wings that are all like a centimeter mm. and like yeah like they've been trying to get me down to play oh, it for a while so, and it really has a because i have me and hannah played it we i bought the little like, yeah, the, the yeah. starter so it pack quite cheap it was 25 quid yeah, I think so it's, it's, yeah. yeah and you get an x-wing and two tie fighters and yeah which you'd buy anyway because they're good yeah. looking and one person controls each and you just mm-hmm. yeah and and it's uh it's quite e- there's a there, uh, what was good about it is there's a basic mm. uh set of game rules where mm. you can just kind of jump in and then there's a once you get into it there's a more complicated set of game rules that you can kind of advance to um okay so, then anyway right. aaron was telling us about the game <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry i was excited for that one too yeah. but yeah no um and that's actually one of the ones that i brought over because it fits in my suitcase it's just a it's called, what, it's called deep, space. It deep space d6 as in like a d6 oh the d6 dice, dice. Ah. okay yeah. Space D6, okay. Yeah. And the and even to make it even better, it looks like uh, your own choose adventure sci-fi novel. Like that's actually how the oh, cover has been done. So you look at nice. it and you're just like the memories. Mm, 
that sounds actually good. That'd be a nice little. How, how old? I mean, is it for any age range? Do you think? Is it yeah. mm, probably like six and up or eight and up? Okay, I'd have to look on the back right. of the no, box. That's fine. That's fine. You thought you were going to say like seventeen and up, were you? Oh well, no, because my kids would be good for. I think my oldest uh, who, who likes it does like sort of sort of thing that Nathan would probably yeah, like. Yeah, know. Um, yeah. But, but just, sometimes, you know, sometimes doesn't play well. Or things in it. Mm-hmm. Swear doesn't words. play well with others. No, he doesn't. No, I know he's all right. He's okay. Anyway, the kids are all right. Um, so, <laughs> entry. Okay, so it's the um, worst bully impression I've ever heard. <laughs> bully is a bull <laughs> who oh, does all of the introductions. Me. He's a bull with like a do- he's like a bull. He's in meant it. to be a northern bull. He's from the north of England, but he's very much not in PJ's <laughs> no. impression. Anyway. Is this just like I'm getting small bits as I go? Or? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I just want to make sure we're still talking the same thing. Right? Same, yeah, show, same show, same show. I it all yeah. together. By, by the end of it, we'll just show you a picture of Billy and you'll, you'll be like, I understand oh, that, that makes no sense the whatsoever. totality of this now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next, we're going to explain to you about Big Break <laughs> and who John Virgo is. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. No idea. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, fourth game? This For a third game. A third game. Third game, okay. yeah, we're on the third game now. Okay. It's okay. It's, it's just counting. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Um, so it's weird because I'm trying to go up the list backwards. So <laughs> it's in the middle either way, Aaron. It's, it's in the than middle than just... either way. <laughs> okay. So this one. Um, oh yeah, counting's it, easy, but counting backwards is hard. No, it's because in my mind it's like, oh, it's one, two, three, and then I'm trying to go from the list, yeah. and I'm like, what was that one? Because I just knew them like from the top to yeah. the bottom. Uh, so this one is called Chariots of Rome. It's Chariots a, of Rome. Yep. It's a racing game that's actually by Victory Point Games. I know that okay. off the top of my head. And normally when you're doing a racing game, you would roll your dice, mm-hmm. hope you get a high number, and you race forward. But that's not the case in Chariots of Rome. In Chariots of Rome, you actually control how fast your horse goes. But the problem is, is you're going to go around the corner in this arena. Oh, so you're you literally racing. Yeah, you have to slow down. Otherwise, there's a chance you'll go flying off and hit a wall. Mm-hmm. And the thing that makes it perfect and part of one of my favorite games is that uh as you are racing through you can slam into someone else's chariot mm-hmm. <laughs> or just like hit them from afar okay <laughs> and if they their chariot crashes and breaks they're now an obstacle in the course okay usually you have like two of your own chariots that you're mm-hmm. racing so if you lose one you're like eh. yeah and you just keep racing with that and then the crowd's also like throwing stuff at you or how, cheering how, for it's you it's sort of fascinating to me that there's a, a kind of some mechanics in games translate very well to whatever the physical reality mm-hmm. of, of so there's a a kind of uh, virtual reality of the game that mm-hmm. you're playing and then an actual reality of the game that you're playing so um, you know if you're playing a card game there's there's or or the game where with the taking over Italy there's a kind of thinking about it and saying it and doing it but there's no kind of you're not simulating the battles so much as going mm-hmm. that happens whereas that sounds like you're trying to simulate a race um as you're as you're going around and there's speed and things that take you know the, and and do the effects of that does it feel like that's what's happening or does it feel like does it take so long to play it does it i mean how does that translate yeah how deep is the level of abstraction Yes, yes, that's the computing term terminology I'm, I'm grasping for there. I mean, I find it depends on how much beer we've had and <laughs> okay, whether okay. or not yeah. it's a toga party for that game. Yeah, okay. <laughs> then if it's enough beer, I feel very immersive. And is it, is it dice-based then or is it kind no, of... No, not at all. Okay. There are no dice at all. You're so, just so, controlling... You're essentially saying, I'm going to go this fast now with my horse. But the okay. problem is, is if you go so fast, like... 
your horse will start to lose stamina as you're going around. So okay. it gets ticked down every time. All right. So, so I mean, it's, it's how do you then keep track of all of those things? There's a little you, simple track. You have a player, like a little pair board that okay. you keep track on. And so is there random damage. elements that happen in that? Or is it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, there's a deck in the center. And if you flip a card, it might be like the crowd is cheering for you. So like everyone's horses gets a little boost or the crowd doesn't like you at all. And they've thrown stuff into the arena. And mm-hmm. now there's a bunch of obstacles okay. or like the gods have frowned on you. It's another one. <laughs> it's just, like and everybody's not having a good time and is the board uh, is there a board where you're actually have you got a little horsey you literally have little horsey chariots that you're moving around and you usually make fun of that one friend who didn't realize they turned theirs backwards (laughs) just racing (laughs) no one ever says anything for the first round and then the second round you're like hey by the way okay do do you think i mean are games with little figures better Man, do, you I, like, do you like, is that a preference thing or is that? So we're looking for a definitive yes or no on this one. Aaron. <laughs> well, yes you're not going to no. get it because there's the part of me, there's the person who buys the game that goes, yes, having the little figure is great. And then there's the part of me that thinks about the shipping and manufacturing of that little piece. And I'm just like, no, yeah, no, please. No. <laughs> Like, would Cluedo be better if, if Colonel Plum looked like a little colonel? Or does it matter that he's a little... Again, as as head? the purchaser, yes. As the okay. person making the game, no. <laughs> no, you've just increased my cost of my board and game by be so colonel much. Colonel or Professor Plum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're like board game Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> I've played a game called Secret Hitler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. how does that work? Secret Hitler is a card game where... You, um, well, you, the cards get it gets uh, one of them says you're Hitler, and the other says basically, you're not. yeah, basically yeah. You're, you're Hitler, and you don't tell okay. anybody, and you have to try and implement your fascist regime <laughs> under the under the radar. <laughs> wow, like you have to try. Yeah, so there's there's votes happening, and you dark. Have, I mean, it you seems have to like a dark and, game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Not very true to life. I mean, we all knew who the real Hitler was. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to try sneaky a little moustache on yeah. while they're not looking? Yeah. <laughs> so over the course of the game, it gets blacker and blacker. Well, I just realised that this is a great time of year to be doing this show because this is actually a very good recommendation list for Christmas presents. Yeah. So wow. Let, let's move on to uh, the second to yeah, last on your list. Mm-hmm. Number two. Yeah. Number two. That's yes. not the way he does it. Into! That's not the way he Mega does it either. Megacity Oceana. <laughs> Mega City. Okay. This is one of the games by Hub Games. Yes. Okay. And it's part of the reason why it's my number two, but at the same time, it's because it stands up on its own, mm. literally. So in this game, it's a um, dexterity game. That's where you're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. With gravity. Gravity. Yeah. With the gravity mechanic, yeah. as we know it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gravity mechanic. <laughs> Shit falls down. <laughs> As with every other aspect of life. No, no, yes, but not all games rely on it. Snakes and Ladders, for example, would be a different game with a gravity mechanic. It would have to play the board vertically. <laughs> I don't think the board, it won't work vertically. Well, that's because of the gravity mechanic. I find running difficult because of the gravity mechanic. Go, go into the bathroom is difficult because of the gravity mechanic in this house. <laughs> I think if the gravity mechanic wasn't working, going to the bathroom would be a much more serious problem. This is great. We should just blame everything on the gravity mechanic. I'm sorry, officer. If it was the gravity mechanic. It fell right into my bag. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. Anyway, sorry. So Mega City Oceana. Yeah, Mega City Oceana. That is a game where you are working as architects who are constructing the first floating ocean city just off the coast of Australia. Um, in the, in this game, you have certain tiles or essentially platforms that you will be constructing pieces literally in a vertical 
um, according to the contracts that you get. So those contracts uh, will tell you whether or not you can use a specific material, how many pieces you might have to use, the height of the building you're trying to build. And the thing that's really nice about it is like there's no downtime because when it goes to the next person's turn, you're just desperately trying to construct your building <laughs> according to those requirements and some of the requirements on the tile. And then when it comes around to you and you've constructed this beautiful building, Everybody has to stop, and you have to take that piece and slide it to the center board without okay. it falling over. All right. That sounds actually pretty cool. Um, so it, it sounds like your table might be a problem. It sounds like if it was on a slightly inclined table, you'd be in real difficulties. Yeah, the gravity it sounds like if you have a slightly inclined table, you're having difficulties anyway. <laughs> the gravity mechanic works against you in that one. That's called challenge mode and challenge fix your mode. table. Okay, okay. Or just, you know. Just or a draft of wind comes in. So this is a game that actually, obviously, you know a lot more about so, the, yeah. the development. Also, tell us a bit about the background of about uh, how, how know, involved how it came were to be. you with with the, the creation of that game, or were you? Ooh. Did you come in afterwards? I came or? in afterwards. Okay. Yeah, oh, no, like so. useless then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely useless. Yeah, no, that was one um, when when they were I was getting hired. They were like, and look at the games we made. And I'm like, what is that? That looks cool. And that was one of the reasons why I was like. Yes. Okay. So the, the 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 bits that you have are like little kind of cuboids of crystalline colors and things, aren't they? There are all sorts are, are of all sorts assortments of shapes, of shapes. Okay. and so it's all these little plastic bits that are in a bag. Mm-hmm. You do a blind pull. You can't mm-hmm. see what you're going to pull out. And on top of that, there's three different types of materials. So the clear plastic is glass. <coughs> the gray, I believe, is concrete, mm-hmm. and then black is steel. I might have flipped that around, and I'm sure Michael will be losing his okay. mind when he listens. But um, hi, Michael. <laughs> hi, Michael. Michael. Sorry, Michael. Um, but again, with some of those contracts, they'll say like you can only use glass to build this. So if you have like one glass piece and then a bunch of other pieces that aren't, you'll be kind of looking at that contract going. Mm. Okay. Mm. So Scrabble with gra- gravity. <laughs> yes, it's a Scrabble mechanic Sorry, with the gravity mechanic. Okay, okay. I'm just, well, I'm just anyway, I think it's, I think it's great together. that Aaron brought a copy for each of us to play. <laughs> <in> the, uh, <laughs> um, this show so, is sponsored so, by Hub Games. <laughs> So you got involved, but it was it was already shipping, or it was already to go. Oh, it was already shipping. It was already by the, shipping. Yeah. So, if you, but because that's already out there, is there a part of you looking at it thinking, "Wouldn't it be cool if we could do this?" Or do you is is it a game that's kind of locked in concrete now? That's that's that game. It's never going to get changed or tweaked in or any way. Or are there expansion packs that Expa- you can sell for that I mean, game? there'd be expansion packs, I presume, maybe. Maybe. Or is I it locked conf- in mechanically? I'll neither yeah. confirm nor deny. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, do expansion packs change base rules or are the base rules kind of, is it now just, well, we've spotted a typo or... or you see, you ask questions that are not yes or no. So that is yes and no. <laughs> well, you know, this show would be much quicker if I asked yes or no questions, but yes, also yes, very no, dull. no, yes, yeah. goodbye. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, so that one is... It depends on the game. So there are some games that you have just like essentially like a booster pack or they mm. just kind of add a little extra, some more cards. And then I've played games where the mechanic or the expansion changes the entire game. Mm. Okay. okay. So uh, depending on how you're going to run that expansion or what you're yeah. trying to do with that expansion, obviously you want it to mesh well with the current yeah, components. Yeah. yeah. Because there's no point in being like, I made this game. It's an expansion. It's like, well, what do I use from the old game? Nothing. (laughs) No, that's just a new game. Okay. All right. And then bully special prize. (laughs) That's the number one slot. Oh, okay. I was expecting a one. (laughs) So were we. (laughs) I try and liven the show up in ways that are unusual. Anyway. It's definitely unusual. (laughs) 
All right. So this is actually one of my all-time favorite games, and it's a game called Skull. And part of the reason why I love it is because it's so so simple. Okay. So in your hand, you have um, four – no, you have a total of five cards, four of which are flowers, and one is a skull. And, yeah, hold on because okay. I'm going to explain it. So you're looking at your cards. Everybody places one of their cards face down. Mm-hmm. And once it goes back to the starting player, they then say a number like one. And they're saying that they can flip over one card without hitting a skull. Okay. So then the next person will say, I bet I can flip over two cards without hitting a skull. Is this a bidding mechanic again? Yes, it okay. is. You're learning. See? All right. See? And then it will go to the next person. They might say three, and then the next person's like, like no, nah, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, so you have to always flip the card that's in front of you over first, mm-hmm. but then you have to flip across the board, and at that point, you're like, you have no idea if Scott's put down a skull or not. I have. He has. <laughs> Yeah, but that's exactly how it starts to go, like, play. So can you talk to people? Yeah, yeah. So, you you so I could reach for your card and you can be like, are you sure? Okay. <laughs> and oh, that's what like makes that. it. That's, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. what you yeah. enjoy. It's like, and that's part of the reason oh, why I, I love it. It's such like a bluffing mechanic the whole way through. Because then if I hit a skull, I you, I have to lose a card at random. You just get to pick I one. I cannot play bluffing games. I, I no, he really can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, you, if you can imagine him trying to keep a straight face as he tries to lie, lie to your face about something. Like, I mean, this man's like, skull. <laughs> yeah, sure. I think, I think uh, it makes me a better person that I can't bluff. That's what uh, I think. Anyway. You wouldn't have survived a game night at, at my family. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I know it's a bit of an obvious question, but why do you think um, tabletop games have had such a resurgence in recent years? Is it you? <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all clearly me. Is there, is there many people in jobs like yours? Do you think? I mean, because they yeah, ignore, the ignore my question. Yeah, my question is louder. <laughs> Forget that other question. Al, what was the new one? <laughs> all right, answer his question. Which one? <laughs> Why do you think there's been such a resurgence of tabletop gaming? Hmm. I so actually that is a really good question. Yeah, I think better than his. <laughs> <laughs> um. There, man, there could be so many reasons. There's a part of me that thinks there's a lot of a nostalgia factor that's going on. I also think that the nostalgia only works for things that you remember. Yeah, but you yeah. remember playing board games. You remember the sensation? Can't playing shut up about Buckaroo. Yeah, yeah. you've literally continued on. <laughs> you really didn't like it, and yet you're still talking about yeah, it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but uh, I think that's part of it. I also think that. It's it's just becoming more of an like an open hobby. Like more people, it's gotten more exposure through Kickstarter, and with that, more people are coming to that hobby. Do you think and people so, want to spend more time away from their phones and playstations and that and actually sit in a room people. with with other people and, and and play? I want to spend more time away from other people. Hence, you being here, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> As opposed to in your studio where you work alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too many other people. Anyway. <laughs> We've established the PJ's never alone when he has his own thoughts to bother him. <laughs> Learning about PJ. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's probably also playing a large part of it, I would think. Just because it literally forces people to sit around a table and play games yeah. together and interact on yeah. a, a f- just one on one. That's probably why, why people do podcasts as well. No. <laughs> kind of, Jesus, I wish someone would have the board game. Otherwise, we're going to have to go and record a podcast just so we could talk to each other. Well, that, that's the one that I thought you were going to bring up was that I think people do have this desire for human interaction that, you know, in, in maybe previous years, they maybe would have got from going to the pub or going to do other things together. But now they, they look for something that kind of lets them interact with each other on, on a 
on a, on, yeah, on a more than superficial level. Yeah, you can't you can't really play a board game while you're poking around on the internet, can you? You can't do it. What you can't? I mean, it requires a certain amount of connection and yeah. being awake to I'm that. Just not really like poking around. What are you looking poking, for? Poking, you're just poking. You poke your phone. Stop saying poke. Nobody pokes their phone. You poke your phone all the time. You poke it like that with your finger. Stop saying poke. It's more jabbing, really. All right, well, jabbing on the internet. I feel like poke needs to go inside (laughs) for something to for for, to poke something. It needs to like at least leave an indent. (laughs) I'm sorry, officer. It was the gravity mechanic. (laughs) The gravity mechanic drew my finger in. I can't push the button twice. <laughs> it's called double jeopardy. Uh, I think Kickstarter's got a lot to do with it. I think I think it's allowed people the sort of people who like making games. Is there an attraction to making games? Is there because like programmers will often talk about how uh, they would rather make a new framework for making things than they would use somebody else's framework. It's more fun to make a completely from whole cloth thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's more fun to build your own game than it is sometimes to play an extant game. Do you think? Or? Well, I, I think that depends on the individual. <clears throat> yeah. Like there are, I have friends that would never want to make a game, but mm. they love playing games. Right. While I have okay. other people who just will sit down and be like, listen, I was playing this game, this game, and this game, and I've decided that these three mechanics work, work great together. Yeah. And they might be right. Or they might need a little more tweaking, and then and then they're on the right path. Or maybe mm. you put something together, you go, ooh, that's a monstrosity, and yeah. you never talk <laughs> about it again. Okay. <laughs> so so your job at the moment as an mm-hmm. editor is to uh, – people are actually sending games to Hub Games mm-hmm. as, as, as an alternative to going via Kickstarter or something. Is, is that, that is on that, spec, or is that kind of <clears> – <throat> Do hub games have an open policy for some game submissions, or do they yeah. go out looking for things from um, particular de- particular game makers? It's it's a combination of both. Um, for us, like if you if you have a game design and you think it would fit with us, and that we can you know turn it into something wonderful, like look at our games and go ahead and send me the submission. I will take a look at it. And what what does a game submission look like? I mean, you know, is, is it? Kind of, is Here it, are is some it, notes I've scribbled with crayon. Is it a side of A4 or is there a lot a lot of detail that they require for how this game should function? So the first thing I will say is that you definitely, at the very least, want to have a prototype. If you just go, I have a game that I want to make and this is the general idea, then the response back is going to be like, sounds cool. When you have a prototype, like, tell me, I want to know. But Gravity <laughs> mechanic, the game. Tell me, yeah, gravity mechanic, the game. <laughs> It's just Actually, life without falling over. It's just kerplunk, really. There's a great game, and I'm going to have to ask Rory what the name of it is, that involves a gravity mechanic where you are flipping around on the board and changing the way gravity works, and yeah. I think yeah. you should play that. So there is a gravity yeah. mechanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just laugh. saying. You still laugh, but sometimes but I'm like... You know what this episode's going out cold anyway, so I that's... I think <laughs> So, but it, are, is that... The norm for games publishers, or is yeah. hub games unusual in in some ways? Or, I mean, I, I I understand, for example, the comics industry, and I know how comics publishers work. Mm-hmm. And there's a kind of some publishers get so many submissions they just cut it off and go no because the submission is relatively easy to do. It's just write out your idea and you send it in. But for someone to send in a games prototype, that's quite a lot of investment in time and energy. Yeah, so it's, it's not just you write up and you send in. Usually, there are a couple of things that as a game editor you want to see you want to see 
uh, that the person has uh, essentially a sales sheet, which mm. just says like, this is my game. And you have like a picture of cover art. It doesn't have to be great. I don't mm. care if it's all clip art. Like as long as it just gets the general idea around, you tell me how many players, who you think is going to be buying this game, mm. who is, how long the game is going to take, you know, um, and then just kind of the premise and the theme and maybe tell me a little bit about the mechanics and looking from that sales sheet, usually I'll respond back and say, yeah. that sounds cool. May I see the rules? So that way I can read through and just be like, all right, this sounds solid. And mm. if we get to that point, then I'll request a prototype. If you if you got a submission that was incredible in terms of, say, the concept behind it, the conceit behind it, but the rules were just like diabolical, would that be a kind of, you know, go away and think about it? Would it be, you know, this that, is worth... Let's, let's workshop this yeah. and figure it out or... I mean, it depends how diabolical, because <laughs> sometimes we'll get something in and we'll go, yeah, you know, if you just tweak this a, a little yeah. bit, and that's what we're always looking for is that game designer that we can talk yeah, to and yeah. work with, because if... 90% of the way there is just yeah. missing that last... Kinda. Missing that last bit. Yeah, that's that's fine. But if it comes in and you're just kind of like, all right, you know, I will send a nice rejection and just be yeah. like, thank you very much, and... But by the way, like, these are the things I think you should look at. Mm. Sometimes people ask, like, oh, can you give me more critical notes? And I go, okay, and I'll write up and tell Mm. you exactly what I think you need to do to move it along. Because, yeah, 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 you need that advice. And and what's, I mean, how deep is the slush pile for for you guys? Is there five games waiting at any time? Is there bribery going on? No, well, I mean, in in, in (laughs) comics, it's called a slush pile. It's it's essentially, there are so many submissions, it becomes a four foot stack of submissions, and those are just A4 sheets. So I'm kind of wondering, is there a physical pile of prototypes waiting for you to look at? Or is there literally a physical pile of prototypes on my desk that I have to start going through? Okay. And and roughly, how many would you get per week, do you think? So one, mm-hmm. Once in a blue moon? Is it once every week? Or is it there... depends. It usually, so it kicks up right before we go to a convention, usually mm-hmm. about a month in advance, where mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'll get hit with like 20 different game submissions. Is that people, do you think, building up towards that convention and then realizing they can just send it to you first? Or, or is that, are they building around that time frame? Or is it? I think they're building around that time frame. I also think, you know, you spend your time working on that game and you're working on it and then you go, oh, I'm going to PAX Unplugged. Oh my God, I should meet up with these yeah. publishers. And then you immediately yeah. email. My yeah. only one request is that you email more than a week in advance. <laughs> okay, okay. How many games of Hub Games um, published from outside submissions? From outside submissions, well, how many how many games have they published all together so far? All together, so there's hold on, holding on, Mega City, <laughs> blank, uh, Flip Over Frog, Untold. So it's about five different games in the catalog, okay. but this also um, originally was Rory's Story Cubes. Yeah. So there was that that Rory had, yeah. but um, yeah, I think it's a total of five right now. Okay. At the moment, and then there we be have some in the pipeline as well. That'll well, be right yeah. The, so there's Adventure Mart, which was a co-project with Digisprite that will be coming out, and mm. then of course Mega City is going to be coming out, and then we have a couple other games in the works. So there's always about like three or five games um, in the development pipeline. Okay, and of those then that are coming in from from outside people, is there is there any of those in the pipeline now, or is it? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. There's like a two or three at the moment. Okay. Because I, I think we could do a Sunnyside comic. Oh, I knew it was coming. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the game is, right, you have to try and get a podcast made. Yeah. Okay. But you have to try and minimize PJ's speaking time. Yeah. So you roll a two, and PJ's allowed to speak. Anything else, he's not allowed to speak. No. That's not the way the podcast works. <laughs> no. The podcast is us trying Look, to get a word in edgeways. In an ideal world, that's the way the podcast works. Yeah. 
Oh, oh, no. yeah, whoa. Because I the, was thinking the final have, result can't be the arm. ideal world. The final result just has to be you have to slowly push the thing out. <laughs> just make the best with what you've got. See, There'll be what, an overall percentage make, ratio of words spoken. Why do you make making the podcast feel like a bowel movement? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I mean, I have to work on a prototype, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, I'm going to have to expand some of the rules and things. But uh, I was thinking of using the microphones as a like a gravity thing. <laughs> <The> gravity mechanic? <laughs> I mean, the, the only thing it. the gravity mechanic affects based on your podcast game is your trousers. <laughs> I haven't taken my trousers off the podcast in years. In years. Yeah, it's been a while, but it's happened. Yeah, I was going to say, but that part yeah. right there is yeah. the part that I'm worried about. I haven't about. taken my trousers off on a podcast. There's it's, always the threat, Aaron. There's, there's always, always the threat. Just lurking there. Since the last time I did it. <laughs> since I stopped wearing thermal underwear. I don't wear them anymore. Yeah, well, it makes the threat all that more <laughs> I know. sinister. Yeah, basically you took off your trousers and you were wearing, were wearing another pair of trousers. <laughs> But if you've not, if you've stopped wearing them, the threat is there. Threat level midnight. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if we have any picks of the week this week, but uh, I have some picks of the week. You do have a pick of the week. Okay, um, we every we do a pick of the week at the end of the mm-hmm, show, mm-hmm. which is just anything we find through the week that is fun or can be literally from any genre, any, any, any just anything, anything that we find, anything at all can be anything. Something, usually Scott picks somebody else's podcast, which I feel is a bit dismissive of what we do. I mean, they've already listened to this episode. It always happens at the end of the episode. It doesn't matter if they turn off. But next week they might be too busy to listen to our show. <laughs> anyway, go on, go on. Okay, no, I've got it. I've got it in my bag. Hold on. <laughs> He's always so prepared. Too. Yeah. Uh, What's he going to so pull out? I have this what? little guy. <clears throat> Ooh, what is that? It's a rectangle. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. I've been wondering oh, about that keyboard. shape. Oh, it's a keyboard. Oh, I like those. Keyboard. It's oh, a tiny, a, tiny little oh, fold, a, foldable a, Bluetooth keyboard with a with a with a mouse trackpad. Wow! Wow! On the That's side, so cute. I like oh. this a lot. Yeah. So I got that for twenty pounds on Amazon in the Black yeah, Friday sales. It's very sweet. It's very like. It's very mm-hmm. cool. I, mean, I, I bought the useless, other, but very the thing, sweet. The thing on that its I bought, own, yes. <laughs> well, on its own, yeah. The thing that the reason I bought it, I bought a really nice Satoshi uh, iPad stand okay. to make the stands that look like the iMac stands. Oh, very, yeah, yeah. very similar form factor, except with more points of articulation. Um, and once my iPad's in that stand, then obviously the keyboard is not usable. Um, and the on-screen keyboard is kind of awkward because I'm stretching out across the rest of my equipment and work. Um, so I got this that can just kind of sit and I'm gonna, I can do my emails and all that kind of shit. This it's is nice. Very... And, and so it works on your iPad. Does the trackpad work? That's on the iOS only thing. 13? So the i the trackpad doesn't work, but that seems to be a problem with the manufacturers of this as opposed to the iOS ah, right. okay. implementation because the iOS just sees that as a Bluetooth keyboard. Not and I think Bluetooth. it would need to see... The That's trackpad is a separate Bluetooth component. Yeah. So that is, um, but I knew that buying it, it says quite clearly that it, the trackpad will not work on iOS. I do like that, um, but I just, got, I mean, I wonder if there's any significant advantage of it being foldy. That's literally it's, like it's, like it's very small. Yeah, that's yes, like, literally, so I can throw it in small. my bag. Okay, um, I mean that's an advantage just to be able to say mm. like I've got to go on a trip and then chuck yeah, it just and put it in, my, and, and it goes inside your breast pocket. Yeah, and yeah, yeah and away you go. I mean, if, I um, feel like I'd lose it. Is the thing I or would you know definitely what? Like, lose if, that. Like saying that if you were going to stick it in your in your breast pocket and you were going to go 
for a coffee or whatever, you don't you didn't want to bring your iPad and you've got your phone and you want to suddenly you have an idea, you want to take notes or whatever. Typing on the phone's a real pain for anything reasonably long mm-hmm. like you know like it's basically about the size of a phone it's nice like it's not it would be a nice 50th You're birthday present to one of the <laughs> 50th birthday sooner oh okay alright I got the hint yeah. nothing's gonna um, happen but I got no, it no that's, that's fine well, all that. do you have a pick no okay well I, I have not so much a pick but a, a optimistic pick oh. um, so DC are republishing the Watchmen RPG source book <gasps> Okay. Uh, and it's coming out in December. Because they're on their continued line of on fuck their continued you, line Alan Moore. Of plundering absolutely everything they can out of this. <laughs> Do you know what? <clears throat> fuck you, Alan Moore. No. B- b- based, on, based on last week's episode, of I'm a hundred of Watchmen. I am a hundred percent fine with everything they've done. Oh man, this is so I'm so torn because I mean so Watchmen, are you familiar with Watchmen? I, yeah, I remember have you read the comic? comic? I read the comic, I haven't seen Okay. The the new T V series is extraordinarily good. Yeah. Given, given that it shouldn't be. No, there like I, I had very low expectations. Mm. Zack Snyder lowered, lowered every everybody's expectations mm. <laughs> of how a, a Watchmen yeah. live action anything can go. But lordy, the last week's episode I think was one of the finest episodes of TV I've ever seen. Yeah, it's wow. incredible. And I, mean, I, I didn't realize I watched it after the, um, after we had went to the cinema on Monday, and a friend of mine was the DP on it. Okay. So I immediately emailed him and I was like, you need to tell me everything about That's how you shot uh, this DP fucking episode. The director of photography. Deep penetration. <laughs> <laughs> you director don't... of photography. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, like, you need to tell me everything about how you shot this episode because it is visually <clears throat> incredible. <clears throat> and the things that they are doing with what I'm assuming is motion control and visual effects is just yeah. jaw dropping. Yeah, the um essentially what it seems to have done is gone okay, Watchmen will everything that happened in Watchmen happened and this is now 25 years later or whatever. This is now. This oh, is okay. now. Yeah. And so the the world that you're watching is a continuation of Watchmen but a, a kind of real time continuation of it. And so they refer to things that have happened and all the characters have moved on in ways and there are characters that, that are, are alluded to you know are going to show up and completely new characters as well. Um, and it's really interesting. But they're also, uh, the angle they're very much going for is about the black civil rights movements and, yeah. and um, there's sort of, there's a massacre in Tulsa in the twenties, I think it was, wasn't it? Sort of, and this yeah. kind of the, this area that was colloquially known as the black wall street was slaughtered by the, the clan and by uh, kind of white people from around there. And so it's, it's, it's burying all these different things inside the watchmen mythos. And it's, it's really interesting. And I mean, morally I feel bad about having watched it. On the other hand, I'm watching a pirated copy. So it's, it's, it's like it's balanced <laughs> out somehow. I, I, I mean, I mean, I don't have to watch the pirated copy because I have Sky, but I feel like that's the... <laughs> so, you, so Sky are getting your yeah. money regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of torn. I mean, I think, you know, you've got a relationship with, yeah. with um, members well, of Alamir's yeah. family. So, so do I, weirdly. And it's, it's, you do feel have this kind of like, with a connection with his family, and you know that he doesn't want it to exist mm. at the same time. I feel more, and, and a lot of the run up to it was was the uh, the, the director basically going, ah, "Fuck you, Almer." I mean, quite literally well, in some. Well, instances. no, I mean, I think a lot of the time, I mean, he's been he's been very respectful in everything he said, but in there's a coded level of like they want to keep on no, mentioning did, his name. He did say "fuck you, Almer." Oh, David Lindelof said yeah, that. Yeah, he said it. Uh, I think he said something like, "In the spirit of punk rock that Alan used when he was doing Watchmen, I just want to say oh, okay, fuck you, yeah. Almer." So, yeah, so there I do was a, he said that. yeah, so there was a literal kind of "fuck you." Almer. At the same time, I feel like the problem lies more with how um, Alan was shafted by DC yeah, more yeah. than anything else. 
Well, yeah. I mean, part of me kind of wonders what would this show have been if they didn't lean on Watchmen. If, I mean, if could they have made a show like this without that kind of Watchmen? No, you need you need the backs, you need the history. It's the same as like whenever people were complaining about. But the Joker, could the Joker movie had not have been made and just had him not be Joker? It's like, mm-hmm. no, this world exists. No, and but Lindelof has, has done this. He's done it with Lost and he did it with Leftovers. He's but, really good at this sort of world. Building. But whenever you're talking about people, like whenever um, whenever Silk Spectre, well, spoilers, blah 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 blah. Whenever, <laughs> I said, just uh, in case you were listening to it, when yeah, this got to a spoiler, well, whenever, no, no, he's, he's blah 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 all the way through that, so it wouldn't have been a spoiler. Whenever that, I, I don't want to spoil. Whenever that character turns well, up, Laura Blake turns like, up. When, yeah, whenever like that is a big moment, yeah, and yeah. because I've read the books and I've seen the film, and yeah, there's that's a, a, yeah, that, that, that is a big moment. And no matter how good you are at crafting a world, and this is some of the best yeah. world building that I've ever mm. seen. Mm. If you don't know that backstory and you don't already care about that character, her arriving is nothing. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm with fair, Ron. No, I, I, mean, fair, like I, I think fair at, enough, but if if it wasn't Watchmen, he would find another way to build that. I mean, it's like in the same way that Watchmen was built on the mythos of the characters of DC characters, and, they, and he was basically told you can't use them, and he went, okay, well, I'll, I'll kind of rejig all of this. So, so the question becomes Rorschach. Yeah, and, and it's so building on archetypes. That, yeah, so, yeah. so it could easily have done something similar, sideways step. But you, but, yeah, but, but but I, you still I, need it, it that. Didn't, didn't, yeah, so but you still really need matter. that history, though. Like, if you are changing them, yeah. you still need. Well, oh, so, I, so, okay, I, so she's I turned wish, up. Like, I wish that DC hadn't shafted Oliver. No, I know. I agree. Absolutely. I can, but I'm. I'm kind of watching the show. Uh, I do. Yes, I do wish that it, it, it had have gone differently. So but they're, that, they're bringing back the RPG. Well, yes. Yeah, so back in the eighties, whenever whenever the original twelve issue series came out, <clears> there was a flurry of marketing that came around at the time too, and there was an RPG source I, book. Produced. I had a, the Watchmen badge at well, the time, I, and a girl asked me for it, and I was like, "Oh, girl, all right." And I never saw it again. Well, I was eight. <laughs> So, so. <laughs> I was 16 or what something. What year was it? 88. Oh, 88. 88. So I was 18. 88. I was four. So, um, oh, we're not even going to ask you. Uh, that, that 88? Be, yeah. Yeah, I was one. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, so there was a source book produced with lots of lovely Dave Gibbons mm. artwork in it that was only, that was unique to this book. And, um, yeah, they're republishing it. So it's got lots and lots of backstory and stuff that Alan Moore wrote specifically for this mm. book that hasn't been seen since. And um, oh, that's exciting. I'm sure um our Did you see did you see Leah Moore's uh, Twitter post about it all? About, yeah, we'll link to that. Which is quite interesting. Well, Leah was basically so Leah Moore's Alan Moore's daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh Leah uh, or, uh her husband's John Rappian. John and I have done a load of stuff together. Um Leah was kind of saying, I kinda wish like Alan loves superhero comics and always loved superhero comics, but the way that he was treated by the publishers had completely killed his love for these things that he loved. And, you know, I wish he could sit in a, in a room with, a, you know, watching, uh, as I did, Wonder Woman and a 10-year-old girl lighten up saying this. And that's, you know, that's what he should be getting out of these things, but he doesn't because he was so shafted Early so treated, badly yeah. by, by yeah. those companies. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a kind of tragedy to the whole the whole thing, really. Yeah, absolutely. Know, but, but anyway, anyway, anyway. I just have a, a small little update dun, on dun, dun. our... Update. Oh, well, well, do we have a button for update? Do you have your point? Okay. All right, there we go. No, I was going to do the crime thing. That would have been a good well, one. For uh, really? But hang on. Is, yeah. it, is it a crime? Nope. Okay, well, then we'll move on. What's Case the closed. What's the update? Um, 
Eddie, who is our Eddie, we're doing going to be doing role playing. We're going to be doing a D and D campaign. None of which none I am of us have very, have very really excited done. about. I saw Eddie last night. Um, he it won't be happening until the new year. That's, that's but fine. He said to me, "I am currently staining lollipop sticks." Oh, awesome! <laughs> What's that euphemism for? And I said, <laughs> "What are you? What are you talking about?" He says, "Well." I've decided I'm staining a whole bunch of lollipop sticks and I'm building a boat. Wow! So he's building a full boat. Have you had for... Eddie checked out? <laughs> tell, is tell Eddie so okay? What did Eddie say? Eddie, Eddie, so Eddie, Eddie is, a, is from, from all accounts, from what I've heard, a very, very good DM and somebody who, who relishes being a DM. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is building us. We asked him, would you put together a campaign that we could do in an hour, an hour and a half for people who have never played DMD before, and we'll record it all on the podcast. Have you played DMD, so, Aaron? Yes. Okay. So in order for it to take place in an hour, an hour and a half, and for all of us to kind of get all of the mechanics and stuff, he set it on a ship so that we can't, like, fuck off into the woods to a brothel or, like, you know, like anything like that. Which so is what usually happens in any D&D campaign, yeah. yeah. So, so he's confined us to a space... And Rowan, Rowan wants to be a centaur. Well, that's the other thing. He's he's building this ship, but he's centaur also put he's also put a couple of little areas outside stables, the ship stables. because he said, "I heard someone wants to be a centaur, and there's a good chance they're going to fall off." <laughs> <laughs> so he is he has put mar he has put places fine, outside outside of the ship, um, but Eddie then sent us this really great backstory oh, to the port mm-hmm. that we were going to be shipping out of and um and all this kind of stuff and he'd give us then the list of everything that we need to pick our our um our creature types and the types of lawful good and uh, you know our, our character which, types and all those, those which Scott i didn't understand. understand no i, I still I, I still don't understand them um confused good conf- yeah um so me and ron haven't done anything yet i've barely read it no Oh, um, I'm too busy. I was PJ, about to be like, what did, what did you pick? What PJ happened? replied the same day. Good job. Yeah. And Eddie came and saw me and said, PJ... Just, rep- just don't forget, Eddie put in a huge amount, like yeah. doing fucking shitloads of work for a one-hour scenario and, yeah. and then asked us, what do you think? And he wasn't expecting to be punished for it. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he, came to, he came to me and said, PJ replied to my email in a lot of detail. <laughs> I, I like, put some thought into it. That's all. Yeah. Thought, what would my character be like? And, and, what those, would his name? and those thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've, I've, I've picked out my character and, and my character type. I just haven't let, written anything down because I know we're not doing it until the new year. Yeah. But I thought since I saw him last night and he mentioned... Carrion Portscum, that's the name of my character. Is. What Car- is it? Carrion Portscum. That's what they call... Are you a rogue? Or? I'm kind of... I, I don't oh. know. I don't know. Saints uh, preserve us. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the lovable rogue. Washed up, washed up on the beach, or washed up in the port, and that's what they call all bastards that wash up in the port is carrying ports. That's their, and so that's the kind of the rough okay, background right. of my character. Yeah, that is that is a, a brief. Yeah, it's a brief. <laughs> I mean, I can down. send you the email later if you like. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've got that. Who's in a lot more, a year. lot more depth? And he's going to three D print judge. us. Our, we're going to three D print our characters as well. Oh, so excited! <laughs> that's cool. Ron's um, going to cost more because he's got four legs. <laughs> Kind of massive horse dog. <laughs> so, Aaron, I want to thank you very much for coming. Thank, thank you, Aaron. you so much. Illuminating. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad. And uh, I think we should maybe uh, in the new year see if Aaron wants to come up and uh, maybe play a game with us. Yeah, teach yeah. us how to play a game. Yeah, you know what? Any any game. How can we play it around this? Po- we don't need to record everything we do. 
I'll say, I'll say that <laughs> again. We don't need to record everything we do. <laughs> How about we just do it for the fun of it? I don't know about that. I mean, yeah. who will know it even happened then? Yeah, then they're just going to have to take your word for it. Yeah, no. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's our show. Yep. I've been Ron. I've I'm been Scott. PJ. I'm Scott. No, you're and... not. Oh, I'm Aaron. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.